All right, guys, I don't know about you, but February puts me in the mood for love. And I'm not talking about sappy Valentine's Day romantic stuff. I'm talking about really focusing on self-love. And one of the ways I'm doing that this month is I am creating space for myself to write every single day 1,500 words per day, no matter what. Another way I'm doing this is by figuring out how to indulge in chocolate and also boost my immunity at the same time. Sounds tricky, right? Like it's no lie or it's no secret, I should say, that chocolate has a ton of antioxidants, but it's not really ever been known to boost immunity until now. Introducing, this is so exciting, the Organifi Immune Chocolate Bar. Now, this is available for February only. I also think it makes a great gift and tastes absolutely delicious. It is made with 75% dark chocolate, two grams of mushrooms, not hallucinogenic mushrooms, not to panic, but the good kind, chaga, reishi, shiitake, maitake, cordyceps. It has cacao and overall supports total immune health. So even if you've been on Organifi's website and you're like, eh, I'm not really a green juice, red juice, golden turmeric juice, probiotic type of person. Now you can have your chocolate and be healthy too. So head on over to OrganifiShop.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I-S-H-O-P.com. Shop anything you want to and get 15% off using the code RIGHTWAY. That's W-R-I-T-E-W-A-Y at checkout. Indulge, stay healthy, Have fun in February. Hey guys, welcome to Right Way, a podcast where we give you insight to make informed decisions about your writing career. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, multi-published author and CEO and founder of Right Way. And I'm Joe Tower, writer, media producer, and Right Way's executive editor. On this podcast, Rhea and I will take an inside look at the publishing industry with honest and straightforward shop talk. So when you do get published, you'll know exactly what to do the right way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Right Way Podcast. Um, it is February, as far as I know, <laughs> given when this is recorded, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> things are going great so far. 2021 is off to a rousing start. Um, today, we got I, got I think we got kind of an interesting conversation, some interesting points today um, about genre. I don't know about you, uh, Rhea, but I think this gets a, a, the word genre is yet it's it's another like vocab in the publishing vernacular, in the writing vernacular that sort of gets it. It applies to a lot of stuff, and I think it gets confused a lot. Um, so just to to clarify, when we talk about genre today, we're talking about genre as a category of literary composition. That is like the definition. Um, obviously, there are different components of that but that's how, that's the way we're talking about it today absolutely and you know genre in general especially if you want to be traditionally published it does inform what you're writing how you'll pitch who you'll pitch to how you'll market how you will sell and really how you intend to develop your author platform um we're going to get into like your writer brand you know your genre really does inform your writer brand and I know a lot of writers out there who really want to flip-flop in genres, and I, I've been one of those. Like, I started off as 
a poet and, you know, got some poetry published when I was younger. That was actually like my first, my very first publication and thought like, I'm going to write poetry. And then I switched to journalism. And then, you know, I obviously came to Columbia and switched my major from journalism to creative writing and then totally switched back to (laughs) to nonfiction. A lot of dabbling, a lot of dabbling. dabbling. And it was back and forth. And, you know, as I've gone back to fiction, I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to get back into nonfiction, but the steps that I would have to take to do that in addition to my kind of fiction author platform, it would take a little bit of juggling. So we're really going to talk today about, you know, whether you're already writing a genre or you're thinking about writing your, say your first work that you either want to self-publish or put out into the world, really thinking through first a few very important steps before you're just like, I'm just going to write this book and I don't know what genre it fits in. I don't know where it would sit on the shelf. So we're going to get into all that juicy stuff today. Yeah, love it. Um, and and that's interesting that you say that. Do you think so? And I think this is a great, uh, I mean, this is something that we talk about all the time, but that idea of dabbling, like you make a decision kind of at, at the top of the process and it really does, it seems almost a decision that's arbitrary. Like you, you should be able to dabble, right? You should be able to like write a little bit of poetry, write a little bit of prose, write satire, you know, into subgenres like, uh, you know, like Western and sci-fi and fantasy, but, but there are like, there are, there are these distinct and maybe unfair in certain aspects rules to the game. Yeah. I mean, I think if you want to dabble, dabble, I mean, you know, at home, like, I mean, we always talk about, yes, I'm a fiction writer and I write suspense, but I really want to write a children's book or, you know, even reading other genres to kind of see if you could maybe dip your toe in a little bit. I think you can write whatever you want to write, but when it comes to setting yourself up to to be published or wanting to be in the public eye, you have to get a little bit more specific and kind of pare it down to what kind of writer you're going to be. Now, a lot of authors, and I'm actually thinking about doing this as well, if you want to break out and try something new. A lot of people do it under a pen name um, and try, That's try almost, something new. Is that almost like creating a whole different... Brand? <laughs> well, it kind of. I mean, it, it depends on, you know, if you're writing, say you move from suspense to YA or a children's book, sure. If, if you're moving from thriller to women's fiction, maybe not. So again, there, there are all these different you know, things to look at, I think, when you're considering genre. But yeah, let's talk a little bit about what it even is first. Like, what is genre? Like, let's talk about fiction specifically. Like, what is genre fiction? Genre genre fiction, I, I think it's an interesting conversation because I think when we talk genre, it's all of these terms that we've kind of been throwing out uh, so far. Uh, you know, you mentioned um, kind of like talking about your journey. You talked about poetry. You, it, basically, a genre is any form of prose or poetry. But you, you talked about poetry. You talked about prose. Within prose, there's obviously fiction, nonfiction. Um, you know, we have all these other things like uh, and how they're defined, like what style that they're in, what message that they're in, whether or not they're tied to a cultural movement or a historical period. When we talk about genre fiction, Within the, the fiction genre of literature, these are uh, this is a subset um, where it's fiction that is written with the express intent of appealing to a particular 
atmosphere, environment, style of storytelling, milieu, uh, format, and the audience uh, that goes along with that genre. Um, so this is when we talk like fantasy, sci-fi, um, you know, uh, Western, historical fiction, etc. Um, so that's that's genre fiction. I remember when I was kind of thinking about like moving back to fiction from nonfiction. I had so many people tell me like, just write a genre novel and you know become a bestseller. So for me, when I thought genre, I thought like romance. So I would always think of like. Danielle Steele or, you know, horror with, you know, like Stephen King or writing like a Harry Potter book. And I was like, oh, I'm not a genre writer. There's no way I would ever fit into a genre, which is so interesting. And then when I wrote Not Her Daughter. And yet. Yeah. Well, I've told this story so many times, but I didn't, I actually did not know what I was writing. I didn't set out to write a suspense novel. I did not set out to write a thriller or, you know, a contemporary fiction novel. I just wanted to tell this story. And my editor was like, oh, yeah, your domestic suspense, which was a subset of genre that I was like, wait, what? What does that mean? And you do strike me. I mean, you know, we've known each other a long time. And you always struck me as that sort of, I don't know, like a very classic literary fiction writer. You're, you're someone that's that's always focused on the story and always focused, I think, also on the style that the story is told in. And and I, I find it so interesting that you, you know, following your instincts, just wrote a story. You, you wrote a story that was taking your attention. You wrote a story in the manner uh, that you was served by your, your talents and your abilities. And then someone came in after that and was like, you're a genre writer. (laughs) Right. Which is, it, it kind of does something to your psyche a little bit because yeah, I agree with you. I felt like I was more in the literary fiction category. I used to, Oh my God, I used to be so wordy and descriptive. And, you know, I think when you're, you're writing in a genre that's maybe not literary fiction, you do have to clean it up a little bit. And it's not so much, about the writing it is about the story more so and when you're in a genre or you sell a book in a genre and you want to sell another book then yeah there are rules to abide by so I think when you're starting out and want to figure out what genre you're gonna write in or what you enjoy the first question to ask is what kind of writer are you Um, and which is, you know, if I were to ask myself that today, I, you know, I mean, I still look at myself as a letter writer. I love to journal. I like writing nonfiction. I still dabble in poetry from time to time. So it's kind of a tough question. I think it's maybe the hardest question because I, uh, I I think, and obviously, and so we're kind of separating this right now to like, uh, what kind of genre you're going to write in versus like whether or not you're going to be a genre fiction writer. And I, I think that um, they both kind of play into each other. And again, as Rhea said at the top, this kind of informs everything you're going to do after this. But I, I, I do think that at, at the top of it, when you ask yourself, what kind of writer are you? I think even more so than what kind of story you want to tell, I think you have to go back to like a little bit like all the way to the root of what message you want to send, what themes that continue to come up in in your life. Um, And I I had one of my first, one of my first fiction teachers always referred to her themes. And, uh, you know, she was, um, 
uh, a Harlem Renaissance scholar, um, civil rights and race were like big parts of her life. So they became big parts of her themes. So they informed what kind of writer she was. Now, she wrote everything from nonfiction to fiction to poetry, but all of those genres that she wrote in were popular, were still pop, and the stories differed, but they were always kind of populated by that theme. Yeah, and I think this isn't to be confused with what kind of writer do you want to be, because a lot of us are like, oh, I wish I could write like so and so, or I wish I could just have a book like this. And I think you do have to really examine what kind of writing really suits you. And that's not to say you shouldn't try other, I think actually trying other forms, like, you know, I've tried to dabble a little bit in screenplays and that made me realize where my strengths are and where my weaknesses are and that there's a lot that I don't know, but I think it it strengthens and sharpens um, your skills as a writer to try on other genres. Cause if you don't know what kind of writer you are, that's to me, one of the quickest ways to figure it out is, is to really start examining and experimenting with, with different types of, of writing. Well, and that's such an interesting point because, you know, one of the, one of the kind of questions to ask yourself, maybe it's a particular goal that, that, that's gonna that's gonna inform that, or maybe it's a particular set of interests that you have, uh, a particular style of writing that you grew up reading, uh, that's gonna inform or influence coming to this conclusion of what kind of writer you are. I think your your point is absolutely correct, Ria. Where start trying. You know, okay, so we have what kind of writer are you, but then what do you really love? And not only what do you love writing, but what do you love reading? That's one of the biggest tips that I've actually kind of around having several aha moments um, have been when I really realize that I love reading, you know, let's say contemporary fiction, or I didn't really read like suspense or thrillers that much until I started writing it. But I always return to kind of like lighter, fun women's fiction, you know, in the summer, I love beach reads and I I really love like escaping into those worlds. And I love literary fiction. And I mean, I read, I read absolutely everything, but I think I realize like, Ooh, I really love reading this particular genre. And when I go to sit down, that's kind of my natural inclination is to want to write in in the same vein as what I really love to read. And I think it's a, a really simple way to, to see what genre sh- suits you is to see what you constantly gravitate towards when you're reading. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the episode, but I wanted to jump in for just a second to remind you that during the last two weeks of this month, the Right Way Podcast is sponsoring a submission drive for Book Pipeline's Unpublished Contest 2021. Now, Book Pipeline is the literary arm of Pipeline Media Group, who we've talked about before. Their executives are friends of the show. Uh, Book Pipeline was launched in 2014, and it connects writers worldwide with publishers, editors, agents, and the film industry. And one of the most important ways that they do that is through their unpublished contest submission platform. The deadline for this year's contest is March 5th. That's right, guys, that's coming up. And they're going to be reviewing unpublished fiction and nonfiction manuscripts across six categories. Literary, mystery, thriller, sci-fi, fantasy, young adult, middle grade, and nonfiction. They're awarding $15,000 in total to winners, plus immediate circulation to select agents 
and publishers. And I want to drive home the point that this contest is unlike any other literary submission contest because they offer long-term development, review of other subsequent material, promotion, other projects, and a distinct sense of both virtual and in-person community. And this year, Rightway has 10 entry fees in our pocket that we're going to give away to you. All you have to do is listen to the Right Way Podcast's new episodes the week of February 15th. That episode drops Tuesday the 16th. And the week of February 22nd, that episode drops Tuesday the 23rd. Listen for the entry code, which we will give away during the episode, and you can use it to submit your unpublished manuscript to the Book Pipeline Unpublished Contest at bookpipeline.com slash shop slash unpublished dash contest. You can check the show notes to verify the URL. The Right Way Podcast and Book Pipeline joining forces to give you free entry to one of the premier book manuscript submission contests in the country. Stay tuned right here or visit rightwayco.com slash podcast for your chance to win. Well, absolutely. And I, I think it's interesting. Those those are these these things too, these, these next two considerations, uh, what you love, and then we're going to talk about what you might be good at or what you're good at. What you love doesn't have to be what you're good at and what you're good at doesn't have to be what you love. God, I love I love reading and listening and 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 watching uh, good comedy writing, but I just can't bring my I can't do it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's interesting too. I don't think this has to be all about books either. So if that feels very intimidating to you or you're not, you just want to maybe make some money as a writer, you know, you can look at copywriting. You can look at, like, if you'd ever told me I would make the bulk of my income from writing book proposals, I would have been like, what? That doesn't sound creative. But but it actually really is. And, you know, I've written, Joe and I both, I feel like we have tried our hands at tons of different things. I mean, I've written for newspapers, magazines, blogs. Um, I've done, you know, really stiff corporate decks. Like you've done, haven't you done like commercials and scripts for all kinds of different shit? And we've both like, you know, I've done ads and written, I mean, anything and everything I've tried my hand at so I can realize what I, what I do like and what I don't like. Um, and then sometimes you're really surprised by what you might be good at and how that could translate into a genre. Totally. And there might be a concession you have to make. And I think considering what you're good at and getting really honest about, because they're, you know, they're for some reason within skill sets, there are just certain parts that some of our brains are more comfortable with or, or something comes to you kind of naturally. I think getting honest with that is a really important thing that might be a difficult conversation to have with yourself. Um, but it's a, it's a necessary conversation to, to figure out not only what kind of writer you're going to be or what kind of writer you want to be, but also, uh, how you're going to make money doing it or how you're going to have a profession doing it, which contradicts this next point, which is don't write with money on your mind. But I do think this is an important point to make specifically when we're talking about genres. Well, as I said earlier, I mean, I, I equated being a successful writer with having to like, quote unquote, sell out and write in a genre. And that's just patently untrue, but I think it's kind of what we see, what we hear about, the types of authors we hear about. You know, there's jo there's always a running joke like, oh, if you're a poet, like you'll never make any money. Or if you write literary fiction, like good luck unless you're picked up by a book club. So, you know, that can't really inform your 
your big why. We talk about that a lot. If, you know, whether you're writing nonfiction or fiction, if your main goal is to make a shit ton of money, you know, that that's not sustainable and that's not really a love for the craft. I think wanting to make money is super healthy and I don't, I am not supportive of like, okay, I'm just going to write and like not make, you know, any money at all unless I'm just doing it for myself. I think we really straddle that line all the time of talking about passion, but really applying business sense, whether you are writing fiction or nonfiction, um, and really approaching it that way and understanding that you can make money, but it that's not going to come from passion alone. Nobody chooses writing for the cash. <laughs> <laughs> unless you, again, like unless you're, you know, again, some of these really popular genre writers that happen to, you know, hit it big with one book and then it doesn't matter what they write, like they will always sell hundreds of thousands or millions of copies of their books. Well, and I think that's uh, an interesting segue for this next point, because particularly with genre fiction, when you write, you know who your audience is. Um, You know who you want to write to. uh, You know who you do write to. Um, This is such a huge point, particularly with, with genre fiction, because the, the readership for genre fiction is some of the most like passionate and, and devoted readers um, that exist. And I think to your point, Rhea, about, you know, that sort of once, once in a lifetime, um, writer who kind of hits it big with one book and then it doesn't matter. Like there are, there are readers of particular genres that like latch on to an author and they, they cling to that and they will, they will support you. They will be your fan. They will buy the books. They will listen to the podcasts for, uh, for as long as you both shall live. I mean, it, they, they are fervid and, um, and so I, being careful, not only knowing who your audience is, but really taking them, treating them with great care when you're doing the work and when you set out to do the work, I think is a super important consideration to make. Definitely. And it goes back to, you know, what do you love reading? Like we say this all the time with nonfiction, but it's very applicable to fiction as well where you do study your competition and you're, you look at where the readers are showing up, like what they really enjoy and why, maybe what they're not enjoying and why. And again, not that you should try to mimic, you know, someone else's style, but if you know where the audience is and you can kind of keep what they like in mind, I mean, I think there's a fine line there as a writer, like you can't write solely for an audience. You have to obviously write the story that you <laughs> that you want to write. But I think always in the back of your mind, if you're going to want to write sellable books, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, especially nonfiction, I mean, you have to write with your reader in mind because you're solving a problem for them. But with fiction, it can get a little, you know, a little murky, a little, um, it's it's not as, you know, cut and dry as, as I'm solving a problem and this is the book that I'm writing. But but really understanding at least who your audience is and where they are and what they love is a huge, huge component to write books that sell. Well, and there you go. Like they're like, you know, per our discussion. Spit it out. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't know what I'm sitting. I got it. I have a new office chair and it's an exercise ball chair. Yes. Are you bouncing around? Well, I'm trying to balance because when I move it creaks really loud yeah. and I really don't want it to be picked up. So I'm so <laughs> preoccupied with engaging my core 
that I can't fucking speak. Well, I'm so um, preoccupied with my frozen toes because I forgot to turn my so heater sorry. on in my studio. I mean, they're like icicles right now. This is amazing. What is even happening? I don't know. Guys, this is a disaster. <laughs> um, so, at, you know, per our discussion about genre kind of trickling down through the entire process of genesis and writing uh the writing process and then pitching and publication and and launching and marketing audience um it you know comes into play again and again and and genre comes into play again and again because this is this is who's gonna buy your books this is who's gonna buy your product and this is also uh your your marketing plan and your author platform is going to be contingent on uh, the genre, the genre you write in and the brand you set up, uh, uh, you know, an, a nonfiction writer or, a, or a, a journalistic nonfiction writer or a romance writer or a horror writer are all going to totally be marketing themselves in different ways and are totally going to be building their author platforms using, uh, you know, different styles, uh, and components. So this, this very much is going to inform this choice is going to inform the entire process. And I think, you know, we, we kind of touched on this, but really thinking about what speaks to you and both as, as a writer and as a reader, I mean, I, it's funny, I say that I read everything, but I actually do not read science fiction and it probably wouldn't hurt to pick up a couple of science fiction books and, and get into it and see what I, what I enjoy, what I'm resistant to and why, um, you know, so much of writing is, is reading and is dissecting what other authors do. But I will, I will warn, it's so funny. I've talked to so many authors about this where they're like becoming a published author absolutely ruined the reading experience for me because I don't read as a reader anymore. I read, you know, from a, a research dissecting point of view. One of my favorite writers, um, Hank Philippi Ryan, you know, in the thriller genre, because that's what she writes, she goes immediately to the end and she reads what the author does so she can really understand the way they set it up. And yeah, isn't it? I'm like, oh, I could never do that. My daughter does that. She reads the end of every book first. I'm like, you're, you're just killing me. You're killing me. I cannot believe you're doing that. Um, but it's, she wants to know. So again, she can kind of like understand how the writer got there, uh, which is, which is super interesting. I do that also, but not because I'm trying to understand. It's because I don't like to be surprised. <laughs> See, I love, I love trying to guess. Which is tragic. Um, well, I, I think that's a great point too. And it's, it sort of harkens back to what we talked about in the first episode of the top of the year about, about the beginner's mindset and how, yeah, the, the deeper you get into veteranship, it's, it's harder and harder to retain a little bit of that awe and wonder that, that you might've had at one point. And you, you, as you gain acumen, as you gain, um, talent and knowledge and experience, you are looking I mean, you do end up looking at things with a more critical, uh, you know, a more critical eye, which is tragic. Um, so that's genre. So, you know, again, and I think this goes back to um, our all of our conversations about really getting to know yourself and really getting to know what you want and really, really asking yourselves, not skipping those really important, some really important questions right off at the top, because it it really can affect, it's a domino. It's a domino effect. It really can hit every step of the process for you um, all the way through to uh, 
to publication. So I mean, questions questions matter. Like I'm reading a book. It's an older book by um, Robert Holden called Authentic Success, which is fucking fantastic. It's blowing my mind. But one of the questions last night was like, what conditions do you have around success for yourself? And that's not a... I mean, that's not a question I've ever asked myself. And, you know, I've also never really sat down to ask myself, like, what kind of writer am I? What kind of writer do I want to be? What, you know, I just kind of fell into it and wasn't super strategic about where I wanted to go, where I'm headed. Um, You know, and I, if I'd had some of these questions to ask beforehand, if I had studied competitive writers really understood their audience, um, understood what it takes to make it as a genre writer. I think it would have informed a lot of decisions that I made like in the moment or, you know, in a hurry to build my author platform. Like there was no just really slowly taking my time and, and understanding it. And we say it all the time from, you know, plotting out your book to writing a book proposal to understanding your audience, to building your platform, there is so much that needs to be done before you ever sit down to write a book. And I know that takes the romance out of it, but this is a business. And and again, this is the business. And you can write for yourself and write beautifully and write from your heart. But today, to be a successful published author, there are just some other things that you have to do along the way. And rather than scramble, you know, once you get that deal or once you get an agent or once your book's out into the world, like do yourself a favor, sit with these questions, write them down, think about them and do some of the things that we're suggesting because trust me, it will save you a lot of grief uh, in the end. Well, and what excellent advice because, you know... Uh, Thank with, you, Joe Tapp. Yeah, with my personal experience, I'd say that, you know, because I think you're right, one of the traps is not asking the questions. And I would say that one of the other traps, and this is maybe a, a harder trap to avoid, and what I think what happened, what's happened for me is... I maybe asked the questions, but I totally wasn't honest with myself about the answer. And that's why, and that's why I think when you say sit with it, sit with the, ask the question and then sit with it. Um, I think that's a really important piece of advice. Um, get to, get to the real truth, get to the real answer to that question. So, so that you don't waste any time, maybe lying to yourself or working in a way that you don't want to work or working in a way that isn't natural for you. Absolutely. I mean, I think, I mean, that really is the whole heart of this episode in this industry is just really being true to what you actually want, what you can live with, what, what you're really striving for. And a lot of those end goals and end results will not satisfy you if you're not really creating from a space that moves you if you're just doing it you know to get a claim or to get your book out there because my agent said so or whatever you won't last very long so there's a lot of soul searching that has to happen and this is a great place to start 217 <laughs> absolutely all right thanks guys thanks guys until next week hey thanks again for listening to the right way podcast 
don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment and help us continue to deliver the content you want and need. For more information about Rightway, visit rightwayco.com to get more info on all our editorial and developmental services and sign up for our weekly newsletter where we'll be sharing exclusive content, access to digital courses, and offering proprietary resources for aspiring and established writers. 